Hi, I'm Stella from Shophouse & Co. We created Podscape, a travelling mobile podcast recording booth to record sounds and stories of the city. Do you pay attention to the sounds of your home, your neighbourhood or your city? What is your memory of a place? A place that you love or had perhaps grown up or worked in? I think, you know, it's now become an area where, you know, there's a lot of water sports and, you know, I see a lot more people coming here for canoeing and bird watching. I think bird watching is something that is Pasiris is known for. Um, there's just there's a lot of exotic species of birds. Lah. Yeah. And we have uh, people with uh, cameras and then they're just standing underneath a tree and they're always wondering what they're looking at. And then there's always an owl or, you know, a, a very interesting species there. Yeah. Oh, I've been canoeing since from 15 years old. Because I'm also a next national player for pick up power ex chairman. The name of the Mr. Tang Eng Niang. So he discovered my talent. I like this like, water sport. Because my father also a uh, shipbuilder. So I learned also water sport from there. So. Yeah, I, I often go to um, Ohana Beach Club for the kayak. So usually we have a routine where we rent a kayak for the whole day. And then we kayak to there's a floating restaurant and like past all the gelongs and then we go to the mangroves and then we come back and that takes an entire day and we actually got stuck in the mangroves several times <laughs> we didn't learn from our mistakes because we went and then we didn't check the tides which is something you're supposed to do and then we went into the mangroves and as we were inside the water level went down so then we suddenly found that we couldn't move so we had to drag our kayaks across the bank <laughs> of the mangrove, walking, yeah, dragging it across. <laughs> and then we went over to the other side and came out in the ocean and we finally got back. We're really big on sport here in this town. I mean, everybody got a bicycle. Yeah, I mean, you know, the cycling thing is a, that's a definite, you, every household will have one bicycle, confirm one. So the memorable things about booking Sherry is like, it was a time where all of us, you know, that time when we were, yeah, we don't even know how to, you know, come together to bond together uh, in a longer time. So Sherry is one of the way we, we uh, always come together and we do barbecuing. And then through barbecuing, we know how is our cooking skills and and the fun like there was like the fun like we have is when we doing the barbecuing and then the big fire just come and we all don't know what to do about it but everybody was so panicked don't even know where the fire extinguishes it's because it was such a great enjoyment that uh, we had when uh, to embrace our presence and then to enjoy each other in our food and uh, bonding session in the chalet Pasiris' identity as a recreational century is an open secret among its residents. If you recall from the earlier episodes, the neighbourhood's identity as an R&R town originated way back in the 19th century with holiday monglos and the opening of Pasiris Hotel in the 1950s. Did you know back then, Pasiris Beach was the go-to place for water skiing? Competitions were held as often as once every two months and the whole beach would be packed with competitors and spectators. From bird watching to photography, kayaking, cycling, 
chalet sleepovers and fishing, Pasiris has certainly lived up to its reputation as the resort town indeed. We are really happy to be connected with Mr. Francis, who is well into his 80s. We met him one Sunday afternoon at Pasiris Town Park, where he is a regular. In fact, he lives just opposite the fishing haven. Let's hear from Lexi and Mr. Francis on how he began his hobby when he started living in Pasiris. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Portscape Podcast. So I'm Lexi from Shophouse & Co. And today we have with us uh, Mr. Francis Ng, who is a seasoned fisherman at Pasiris Town Park. Today, we are actually doing the recording in his house overlooking the uh, Pasiris Town Park, which we can see a very beautiful view of the whole stretch of the pond. Please introduce yourself, Mr. Francis. Well, uh, my name is uh, Francis Ng. Now I am an old man already. I've <laughs> uh, been here, staying here about 20 over years. Mm-hmm. Uh, since uh, uh, housing board Pratt is uh, ready mm-hmm. for occupation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, fishing is not my hobby. Mm-hmm. My hobby is uh, photography. But uh, because uh, I look out of my window and every day I saw people yelling and shouting. From the fishing pond. Uh, from the fishing pond. Mm. Because uh, at that time, uh, a lot of anglers, you know, because all along Singapore don't have fishing ponds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they have a big fishing pond here. So a lot of anglers, particularly during a weekday also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was wondering what the hell they are shouting about, you see, right? Mm-hmm. I went out have a look. Or is that because uh, they try to avoid the fishers crossing the line? You see, oh. you may got one, I got one, but the fish is swinging left and right, you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cross a line, just like the kite flying in the sky, right? Cross a line, it may cut your line, you see. Mm. Uh, so they ask you to let go your line, let go your line. Uh, so I beginning to get interest in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, very much later, I decided to take out this hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have friend uh, fishing. So mm-hmm. I... Uh, uh, Rely on the shopkeeper to tell me okay. uh, what other uh, gears need need to uh, uh, equip so that I can fish. You see, mm-hmm. so of course I in the beginning quite new to me. Yeah, yeah. You see, uh, not successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, until one day, New Year Eve, uh, went out to the pond after dinner, and uh, I saw fishes very close to the edge. You see, mm. uh, so I get a net. And try to hook the fish. It's quite successful. Managed to get a few, because the time the pond, uh, the leasing of the pond is so cheap. The owner operator release really a lot of fish. Ah, mm. uh, so the fish practical everywhere you can see the fish. Mm. So after that, with that cash, uh, then uh, I beginning to buy my rods, uh, fishing gear, everything you see, and then start my hobby. Mm. Uh, and uh, all along, uh, whatever hobby that I have, I only believe that if I continue, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not once in the blue moon uh, mm-hmm. to take out the hobby, you must continue maybe uh, uh, every twice a, uh, a month or something like that, mm-hmm. you see, right? Then you will have a momentum to gather your interest. Yeah. Every week, 
I must go down for fishing, whether I get any fish or not. Mm. Uh, then uh, after nine months, happened to uh, Tampani CC organize a fishing competition. So I just took part. But took part is not to get the prize. Uh, it's to just to get more fish. Uh. Mm. Then eventually I got the first prize. Oh, wow. Uh, you see, I caught a uh, caught fish. Uh, four yeah. kilo. Ooh. That time considered uh, very yeah. uh, uh, very good type of fish. Uh, mm-hmm. And the price is uh, $2,000. Wow. Plus a big trophy. What did oh, you do? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that made me uh, oh, get more interest. Yeah. Uh, next day, following day, I'm going to change a better rod also. I think you see, right? Mm. Uh, then continue until now. When was this fishing competition that you were talking about? Oh, to be 96 or 97. Uh. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I was only like uh, three years old. <laughs> uh, that's a long time ago. See, yeah. Right? Uh, that I still young. Mm. Uh, so with that, I continue until now. You see. Mm. And uh, one year got 52 weeks, mm. but at least 46 weeks fishing. Well, rain or sign. Real dedication. Uh, really rain or sign, you see, right? So eventually, uh, learn from those the other fishing khaki, yeah, uh, mm. uh, with more experience, eh? yeah. uh, how to get more, uh, how to uh, uh, notice that uh, the fish taking your bait, all sorts mm. of things, right? Then I learned from there until now. Pasir Ris Town Park is where Singapore's only commercial saltwater fishing pond, the best fishing pond, is located. As we had heard from Mr. Francis, this place is for both seasoned anglers like Mr. Francis and his friends, as well as those who came here to fish and connect with friends and family. During our engagement with the community, we asked if the residents knew of a pretty famous resort back in 1960s where the town park is located. Many were surprised that there was such a big resort, about 20 acres, that was built from a former sand quarry. Golden Palace Holiday Resort was built in 1967 at a cost of $2 million. Not a small sum back then. There were paddle boating activities, fishing, cute colourful pavilions, restaurants, and even a nightclub called the Golden Pagoda Garden Nightclub. Now, this star attraction even had famous foreign and local artists who will travel out to passeries to perform for large crowds that filled up the seats during the weekends. Who would have imagined back in the 1960s and early 1970s, passeries was actually quite happening, don't you think? Today, things might have changed, but the vibrancy certainly continues. Before we moved here, I used to live in Dubai. That's where I got into fishing, but there are not a lot of places there to fish. So when I found out there was a fishing pond here, I came as soon as possible. Just now, yep. got a very small fish and I use it as bait to catch one of the biggest fish I've ever caught today. Yeah. Golden snapper. Can you tell us more about the, the types of fishes, like the species of fishes that you collect? So there's codfish, right? And then you said there's the golden. Uh, codfish is so happened at a time the organizer, I don't know where did they get it. Uh. It happened mm. to be. Uh, once only, uh, because the codfish is very expensive type of fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The codfish, no, very expensive. That time happened to be a codfish. Uh. But mostly, what they have here uh, is those uh, sea base. Mm-hmm. When competition time, uh, they will put a sea base of 35 kilos. 35 kilos? Huge, no. 35 kilos, no. Sometimes you may not, huge, uh, it's 
bread, you know. Yeah. How oh. do you even lift it up? Ah. That's why there are people aiming for this particular type of fish. Mm. They have to use the line. Very thick line. 35 pound line. Very thick. Yeah. So I only use 8 pound line. Yeah. See? Mm. If the fish happen to be uh, not so active, uh, 8 pound line, I still can bring it up. Uh, yeah. 35. <laughs> but then if you're going to pull and then uh, you can't pull back, sure, my line give way. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure give It'll way. Break, uh. Uh, so usually when they know there's a, such a big type of fish, uh, they usually use a very thick line. Mm. Why? First, entangle with you, I pull, my line will mm. not snap. Mm. Mm, okay. Ah, see? So their purpose is to get the grouper or sea base, huge sea base. Mm. Uh, but to me, I don't buy this out of line. Why? Because you only use it once a while only. These people, the why they want you this uh, thick line? Because sometimes they go out in the ocean. Mm. Go out sea. Mm. Ah, then they could use a thick line. That kind of fish from the sea <laughs> may not be big, huh? but then it can just dash off, you know. Mm. You have nothing to block. Huh? Our plan here, one that dash only may knock onto the wall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> ah, so <laughs> different, you know. Inside. In ocean, different, deep. Mm. The prey will dive straight down, you know. You find your line, wah, keep on going out. You, you can see the documentary frame, huh? I mm. see that. Mm. The line are very thick one. Uh, and sometimes they rub it, the hook into the mouth already. Uh, yeah. The line, uh, the fish swing left or right, uh, it will zig, zag, zig, zag this way. Uh, and it will cut the line. Uh, particularly when we tackle the sea base mm. here. Uh, mm. Now, sea base got no teeth like a uh, snapper. Uh, I got teeth this way. No. Mm. It is a flat, uh, something like a saw this way. No. But very thin. You can put your hand in, never mind. But when it turn left, swing left and right, huh? Wow, the line will no, 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 no. Then the line will give way. Mm. Uh, this is what the type of fish are. But for snapper or what, uh, no problem. Uh, snapper is a way that once you get hooked on it, it try to dive downward. Mm. Sea base, when you get hooked on it, it try to jump upward. Oh. Out of the water, open a big mouth. So they let go. Then, the hook dislodged. Mm. Wow, quite, ah. quite smart, ah, the fish. Ah, <laughs> this is different, no? Sea base. That's why I don't like uh, a sea base uh, jump out of water. We try to, when we know there is a sea base, right? Sometimes you don't know lah, what kind of fish are. But sometimes you know, it happen to notice, hey, this is a sea base. You try to put your rod down near to the surface of water and mm. then you try to reel back. Of course, uh, early part of this pond here, one thing is good is that different operator they have a different type of system. Mm. What interests me the most is a uh, prawning. Prawning. The first time I experienced prawning when friend told me when I just moved in, uh, my friend told me, "Come down now, uh, we fish. What fishing prawn? So small, how to fish? Because at that time, I think they only the prawn small one. Where got big one? That big one, where got chance to eat? A right? uh, small prawn. How to fish?" You come down, I teach you. Mm. Then prawn come down. My goodness, why the prawn so big? It's a Malaysia fresh water prawn. Mm. Uh, I will show you the photograph also. I had yeah. a photograph. Uh. You see, okay. The time they organize this. 
and uh, I began to interest after my friend taught me already. Ah, okay. Then happened to be I caught one a medium-sized prawn. Uh. That time my son had an aquarium here mm. to keep fish. Uh. So I told my son, put it inside. I want to see how this prawn taking bait. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it inside, the prawn swimming. Uh, I you get a usual small hook. Uh, uh, put a little bit of bait. Ah, then I saw the prawn cumber. They got two big spinsers. Huh? Here, right? Plus all the small ones, everything. Huh? You see that they, the pincers try to grip the line. Uh, try to get the bait. Mm. And then it will take time slowly. The bait go to the mouth. Of course, uh, the mouth is not like a fish mouth. So big. Uh, right? It's a small one. Huh? Mm. So from that, I was counting the time. Uh, how long uh, it take to put the bait and the hook into the mouth? I observe. I told my son, we go down, we can tackle this prawn. <laughs> I tell you, you know, nobody believe no. At a time when I, every Saturday, Sunday fishing, Sunday, Saturday prawning, uh, mm. I tell you, you know, nobody believe us. No. Our normal big pail, uh, yeah. uh, I can get one pail. You know. mm. So this is really calculating uh, and strategizing your the way to catch a prawn. Uh, so at the time, I always tell friends, please, uh, you always can have barbecue. I can supply you prawn. <laughs> I know my whole pizza start with prawn, you know, I tell you that. Ah, you're fantastic, yeah. you know. Nobody believe, you know. So, uh, you know, if everyone is uh, listening here today, uh, if you're interested in prawning and fishing, right, here are some of the tips that Mr. Francis has shared with us that you can collect a bucket full of prawns. So, do come down to Pasiris to check out all this. Do you do, you do other hobbies in Pasiris Park since there's so many that you can actually do? The main thing, the first one, main thing is swimming. Swimming. Swimming where? In the Passeries, beach. Passeries, like the beach? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Ah, you know, that long, long ago, uh, schooling long, long. time. Oh, uh, not now. Schooling la, last time, time, a cycle to Passeries uh, and the second place to Pongo. Hmm. See, Pongo Beach. Uh, okay, now, talk about the Pongo Beach. Uh. Mm. Totally flat. When low tide, uh, wow, big piece of land, you know. Uh. Mm. Means that when high tide, uh, the water level are all the same. Mm, because okay. it, there's no slope, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Partially different. Later part, I think still under British government or what now, mm. Corona time, they uh, developed the beach, make it into a slope. They so you move up, up to a certain distance, to uh, become very deep. Mm. Uh, so that is a place where you like to swim. Or you find that your leg all the time on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that time uh, I stay in Upper Serangoon so we are always cycle because uh, I have a motion sickness mm. so I cannot take bus <laughs> uh, so I have to cycle uh, practical every weekend uh, whether low tide or high tide the same mm. low tide well just go around along on the beach eh, yeah. have fun uh. like, if high tide then swimming uh. Uh, so that is a uh, uh, the time was that that the schooling time uh. yeah uh, of course sometimes that time of course now we don't we never experience uh, uh, we have picnic mm-hmm. picnic means uh, school uh, and school organize okay okay uh, next Sunday high tide we are going to organize a picnic 
So, no time to join and join. Of course, we, we sit in the lorry, no bus. Uh. <laughs> the time the lorry, you know, our the open, open type lorry. Open uh, right. And then they put plan along, across. Uh, uh. And everybody said, of course, there's a, there's a shelter. Uh. Mm. I didn't drive there. And then they put everything, drink in the lorry, go there. So, it's bad. even time, they come and fetch you back. Mm. Uh, that is a, a kind of a interest at the time, uh, mm. they say. So, if high tide, you got no chance to see the rock. Because if low tide, you can see the balance of the Elias, Elias Hotel. You know, the, the rock. Yeah. When the rock, you can see the pillar. No, they left it behind some of them. The development of the beachfront may have changed, but it does not replace the tangible and intangible heritage of the place, whether it is the foundations of the hotel or the fading memories of works such as fishing. Remember the stories shared in episode 2 about how shrimps were used to make chinchalo and pelachan and that the community would barter trade or sell to their neighbours? Even today, we are really glad to hear that sharing within the community whether it is knowledge of fishing, food, interests or hobbies has remained as a way of life for the residents to stay connected. The kampung spirit lives on. So, um, we have a beautiful Kelong uncle called Uncle Wak. His Kelong is right in front of uh, George's and Ohana right there. Uh, and Uncle Wak, I mean, for the past couple of years that I've, I've been paddling here, he'll always be like talking to me and sharing stuff with me. So, Uncle Wak, lived in the village, the Pasiris village, Kampung Pasiris here. And he is actually, um, you know, mix, 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 uh, orang laut. So, you know, he's one of those guys who, even though the, the Kampung is now, doesn't doesn't exist anymore, he's like, I cannot, I cannot stay HDB. Eh. And then he got himself a job at the Kelong. And so, you know, like, he will always be telling me, today a lot, nah. you know, if I come to the beach. Uh, but Uncle Wak is also quite sweet. Like, he'll be like, you eat with you or not? Your mother here? Okay, I give you one fish or like, you know, or some mussels or whatever. You're friends with the shopkeeper, right? You said. We just when we met you that Sunday, right? You you were chatting so friendly with the with the store owner, asking them, telling them to the, cut your fish in a certain way, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> if my fish uh, is not clean now, uh, mm. you don't want. Mm. You may want it once only. Second time say you want it, why? Make your whole kitchen in a mess. Mm. Ah, uh, the scale lah, the scale fly everywhere la. You don't have even a knife to cut la, open the yeah. stomach or something. Until because I get so many fish uh, that if I don't clean it, uh, nobody take it, then I got nowhere to put my ice cream. <laughs> Yesterday, I caught 34 pieces. You tell me what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I already get a friend ready, you know. Please. Oh, your friend. Help me to finish, then Sunday is coming. Mm. Although got six more days. Uh. <laughs> Sunday is coming very fast, no? I got to fish again, you know. What am I to do? So every but Sunday at least you... If you can get away my fish earlier, mm. I, at least the uh, last one couple of days, I still can put my ice cream inside there. Mm. Otherwise, I don't even have ice cream to eat. So, so every I, Sunday, you give your fish away to your friends? Yeah. Is, it your, is it your neighbors or like you call yeah, your Yeah, my neighbor also oh, have, have. Ayo. <laughs> I always look for somebody, you know. I, this morning, I just met one April one. Mm. First time I talked to him, do you cook on Sunday? He said, yes. Morning, afternoon, we buy and then uh, evening cook. Ah, good. I give you fish. <laughs> yeah. 
So everybody knows you as the as yeah. the uncle who gives the fish. Ayoh, even friend in Chua Chu Kang also get my fish also ah. <laughs> yeah. Ayoh. So you're quite famous here lah. Ayah, it's not that. No. I said, <laughs> now I tell you who are the people who can get it in this area. Mm. Madonna. Mm. Yeah, a couple of uh, girls there share my fish. Every week they have fish. Mm. Until they say, for this couple of weeks, I don't want fish. But we're eating fish too. <laughs> 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 you see? You see that? It's because continuously you get a bit jarred. Huh? Mm. Uh, uh, quite sad that yeah, quite a few. Uh, my wife's uh, uh, NTUC sales girl also one of them come and get fish. Uh, see, uh, I have a friend in Katong also at time. I uh, asked him, you please come. Uh, last week I asked him to come. Now you better come and then the, the, you have to take a, take home uh, 10 pieces of fish already. Why? Because I had to clear my fridge. Mm. Uh, lucky I cleared. Oh, my, yesterday I can't even put in a fish already. It's, it sounds so nice that like to hear like the fishes are from Basiris, but then it kind of bring in people from all over the places together. Thank you, Mr. Francis, for your passionate sharing. You reminded us of this quote that we had came across in our research. When the first public beach facilities were opened in 1958 in Basiris, Chief Minister Lim Yu Hock announced, one of the big changes in Singapore is that the weekend has become everybody's right and it is our duty to see that the worker, as well as the employer, has its opportunities for recreation. It is indeed heartening to hear and see that Passeries has continued its legacy as a resort town. From a recreation destination for the colonial administrators and the affluent, today Passeries has developed into such a beautiful town for all to live, work and play. <laughs>